Everyone dreams of a white Christmas, for white weaves the magic of moonlight on the snow, of pine trees tufted with a white burden like popcorn balls, of snow drifted on the roof and dripping into icicles. A white Christmas seems like a bright Christmas. And so we'll pick up the white colors in our fantasy in the story of a bus driver. The white berries of mistletoe wind through the Christmas fantasy, too, as we soon shall see. But first, to fulfill your dreams of a Christmas that's merry and bright, white or not, here is a happy thought from a friend of ours. White Christmas is a bright Christmas, except to maybe a bus driver like Jeff Abbott. That's what Jeff thought, anyway, as he shoved in the clutch and levered the gears. They were climbing now toward Buffalo Pass, and somewhere in the back of the bus, a girl began singing, I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas. soon other voices joined hers in a chorus of happy, haphazard harmony, and Jeff just grunted. The weatherman said blizzard warnings on Buffalo Pass, but all these people bought a ticket anyway. They didn't believe in the weatherman, just in Santa Claus. Now, right behind Jeff, the kid in uniform, led the singers into a joyous, I'll be home for Christmas. And Jeff thought silently, I hope so, buddy. People were nuts. These people didn't have to risk their necks, but here they were with a bus driver. Now it was different. Somebody had to drive the bus, and the bus had to keep schedules come rain or shine or snow. Only Jeff added to himself, it didn't have to be this bus driver. He was a little nuts, too. Taking an extra run just so Jim could be on hand when Martha's baby arrived. Jeff hadn't called Carla to tell her. He'd sort of chickened out and asked Jim to do it. He didn't want to hear what Carla would have to say. The song had changed again to an old carol now, and that's when Jeff felt the wheels begin to go. 
They ground futilely at the slick snow and slid slowly, but surely sideways. The bus tilted, leaned out into space, and then settled gently against a tree stump, and the singing came to an abrupt stop. Well, it was a mess, but Jeff found his passengers weren't just dreamers, they were doers, too. White Christmas girl joked the crying little boy in the third seat from tears to laughter. And the home for Christmas soldier grinned, looked out the window and cried, what a place to spend Christmas Eve. Christmas trees already trimmed with icicles and plenty of yule logs all around. Anybody got an axe? Everybody laughed. And the fat motherly woman near the rear said she didn't have that, but she had the makings of a Christmas feast, a whole roast turkey she was taking to her daughter's place. Somehow, the next few hours seemed only minutes. The men piled out and helped Jeff wedge brush and pine boughs under the wheels. A roaring pine fire kept the workers warm and singing. Inside, the turkey was portioned out, and suddenly, midnight, and Christmas arrived. And as though by prearrangement, one voice after another took up the words of Silent Night. Maybe they didn't know how serious this was, Jeff thought. Maybe they didn't know how bad off they were, and again, maybe they did. That is, if the blizzard kept up. Like this, they could be snowbound for days and freeze to death, perhaps. Perhaps. But they were happy because it was Christmas Day. And he couldn't change that, or he could chance to drive out the bus if he failed... His passengers would be worse off than ever, and he added, looking down the black void of the precipice, into a whirl of swirling snow, Jeff Abbott was most likely be dead. Listen, buddy, he told the soldier, there's a dude ranch motel that's closed winters about a mile back the road. Could you herd these people there if necessary? Ought to be wood and maybe some food. The soldier nodded, but what about you? And Jeff smiled tightly. If it's necessary to make the trip... It won't be with you. Now, everybody out. Luggage, too, blankets, clothes, anything to keep you warm. I'm going to try edging back onto the road. But if I have to jump, there won't be time for the rest of you to collect your suitcases. The passengers, some protesting the chance he took, piled out. And Jeff warmed up the motor, eased his foot slowly off the clutch, and the bus moved, sliding, sliding further. And then... The wheels gripped. It was cold, but he wiped perspiration off his face when he stopped the bus safely back on the road. Okay, let's load her up again. Suitcases, kids, the lady with the turkey, the soldier, the girl, all aboard? And Jeff looked back, grinned, shifted and boomed out in his baritone, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Heck, he thought Carla wouldn't be mad when he told her and it wasn't so bad, piloting a bus on Christmas Eve. Even Santa had a Christmas delivery route. Only Jeff Abbott carried an even more precious cargo. The heck with the weatherman. He'd rather believe in Santa Claus.
For something else to sing about, here it is from a friend of ours. Through the white night of Christmas time rings again the old story of a message from the sky, a message that's familiar to all of us. A million 
little snowflakes come tumbling through the air and covered winter's bleakness with beauty everywhere. The rosebush bowed with whiteness as though its work were done and all the thorns were diamonds that sparkled in the sun. The tall suit-blackened chimneys stood in a ghostly row and merry-hearted children made angels in the snow. And then moonlight glowed in softness above a world of white. The twinkling stars resplendent caught up the sparkling light. The youthful voices caroled, their music sweet and high, while church bells sent glad tidings clear ringing through the sky. And the earth was white with glory, all turmoil seemed to cease. The arching blue re-echoed the angel hymn of peace. the Christmas tree, so legend says, dates back to the Garden of Eden and Eve's foolhardy wish for the fruit of wisdom. It isn't altogether a universal Christmas custom. Some lands have no Christmas trees. There's Finland, for example. Their evergreen is a symbol of everlasting life, but the Finns carry the belief a bit farther and consider the evergreen, with its promise of life returning, a suitable symbol for funerals and morning. And so, of course, it wouldn't be very cheerful addition to the Christmas scene. However, the Finns make the whole room gay as a tree, with garlands woven back and forth across the ceiling, from which they hung glittering stars and tinsel, and baubles of crimson and gold. And the Yuletide is celebrated beneath a bower of Christmas glitter. In Italy, where evergreens are scarce, the father usually makes the tree, Actually, a triangular tower of shelves built somewhat along the same lines as an Indian teepee. Each upright support is wound with tinsel and studded with decorations. And so is the edge of every shelf. While on the shelves are mounds of Christmas treats, and usually on one, a miniature chapo or scene of the nativity. So there's no lighted fir tree in the home, the same flame of good cheer is lighted in the heart. Let us pause now from around the world to our own home and this word from a friend of ours.
Christmas fantasy has a wonderful tale for you from our new Christmas annual. Maybe it'll be about Santa Claus or a little lost lamb. Or better still, we'll tell you about Sammy Snowman, the bravest snowman who ever lived. A story now especially for children. This concerns a little boy named Tony who lived with his grandmother way up north in the middle of a big green forest. Tony and his grandmother were very poor. The only money they earned was from gathering maple syrup from the trees every fall and winter. But this year, Tony's grandmother felt very sick, and so she could not help very much. And when Christmas time came, they were both very sad. You see, more than anything else in the world, Tony wanted to buy his grandmother a nice, warm, blue shawl. And more than anything else in the world, Grandma Jones wanted to give Tony a pair of new shoes with a fur lining. But on Christmas Eve, they had no money at all, just one loaf of bread and two small cans of beans. Yes, it was Christmas Eve, and Tony was very unhappy because he had no money to buy his grandmother a gift. Grandma Jones was unhappy, too, but she tried to cheer Tony up. Why don't you go into the forest and build a nice snowman, she said. At least that won't cost any money. So Tony sighed and went out into the deep snow, and there he built a big snowman with plump shoulders and a big, round, jolly face. But even when he made black eyes from pieces of coal and put a bright red scarf about the snowman's neck, Tony was still sad. He sat down on a nearby log and shook his curly head. Oh, Mr. Snowman, he cried, what am I going to do? Tomorrow is Christmas Day and I have no gift for Grandma. But Sammy Snowman couldn't speak, although he looked very sorry for Tony. Later that night after Tony was in bed, Grandma Jones went outside to bring in another log for the fire. And when she stopped and looked at Sammy Snowman, she sighed. Oh, what am I going to do, Mr. Snowman? Tomorrow is Christmas Day, and I have no money to buy Tony that pair of brown shoes with the fur lining. But Sammy Snowman couldn't speak. He only looked very unhappy, and his mouth slipped down to his chin. Presently, when Grandma Jones closed the door of the cabin and went to bed and turned out the light, Sammy Snowman stretched and yawned. At last it was Christmas Eve, and for one single night he could run and walk. But where would he go? He was so sorry for Tony and Grandma Jones that he just didn't want to do any of the exciting things he usually did. And suddenly, Sammy Snowman heard sleigh bells, and he knew that Santa Claus had started out on his long journey from the North Pole. And then he knew where he wanted to go. He would run and run until he found Santa, and maybe ask him about Tony and Grandma Jones's gifts. But although he ran as fast as his legs would carry him, Sammy couldn't catch up with Santa. All he could hear were the sleigh bells in the distance. 
At last, Sammy was so out of breath that he had to sit down beside the railroad track, and then suddenly, along the track, he saw one of Santa's reindeer bounding along. Help! Help! cried the reindeer. Santa's sleigh is stuck fast on the railroad, and a big steam train is coming. All the children's presents will be smashed. Well, that was certainly a terrible thing. So Sammy began to run along the track. Hurry, cried the reindeer. But my legs are sho so short, Sammy puffed. Then jump on my back, said the reindeer, and he did. And soon Sammy Snowman and the reindeer reached Santa, who was tugging and pulling at his stuck sleigh. But no matter how much they tried, they couldn't budge it. And all the time the steam train was getting closer and closer and closer. Santa and Sammy Snowman and all the reindeer kept pushing and pulling and Santa Claus and... They all kept pushing, but they just couldn't move the sleigh. And then, quick as a wink, Sammy had an idea. Let's take all the presents off the sleigh, he said, and then it'll be lighter, and this they did. And the train came closer. It had almost reached them when, with a terrific heave, the sleigh moved and slid off of the tracks. Well, that was close. And as you can guess, Santa was very grateful to Sammy Snowman. Ah, you are a very brave and clever snowman, he said. Tell me, how may I reward you? And it was then that Sammy remembered Tony and Grandma Jones and the reason why he had been looking for Santa. Well, there is something I want, he said excitedly. I would like a warm blue shawl for Grandma Jones and a pair of shoes with a fur lining for Tony. You see, Santa, they are so poor. Well, of course, Santa gave Sammy Snowman the most beautiful blue shawl and a fine pair of leather shoes lined with fur for Tony. But then Santa said, but what do you want for yourself, Sammy? And Sammy blushed, I'm only an old soul snowman and soon I'll melt away. Just the same, I'll give you one wish, Santa chuckled. I'll grant anything you ask. Well, there was one thing Sammy Snowman wanted, and that was to see the spring flowers and listen to the birds in summer. So he said, I would like to live a little longer, Santa, maybe for a whole year. At that, Santa nodded. Why, Sammy, of course. In fact, because of your bravery, I'll make you the snowman who stayed forever. Well, the next morning, which was Christmas, was bright and sunny. And when Tony and his grandmother went outside, they found the beautiful shawl and Tony's new shoes. And of course, they were both happy. But guess who was happiest of all? Sammy Snowman, of course. For although the sun shone and the winds blew, Sammy Snowman was always there, big and white and wonderful, forever and ever and ever. Thank you. 
Let's take a moment here to get into the Christmas mood with this friend of ours. Yeah.